0: So, my name is Aisha Jalo. I am vice president and co founder for the Platform for the Empowerment of African Women, which is a nonprofit that is um, located in Dakar, Senegal. Um, and I also run a for profit organization called the Sahel Group, which um, um, deals in import export of commodities. Um, from, you know, Asia to Africa and from Africa to the rest of the world. So thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. This is 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 Diversified diversified
1: game, 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 Game game. A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective. With Kellen. He may agree, he may oppose. And it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen. And today on Diversified Game, I have Miss Aisha. And she is going to give us the game on everything that she is doing well maybe not everything but many things that (laughs) she is doing in africa now i have to give a warning you guys this is somebody that i've hung out with that i know so there's ways i'm going to take this conversation and you know i'm going to talk about like this is someone who in the essence everything is luxury, everything (laughs) is excellent She doesn't do anything like halfway. I don't even know if she knows where her local target is. (laughs) Definitely doesn't know where, you know, a Walmart or something like that is. So everything she's giving us when she's talking about business, she's talking about living the good life. And I will try not to get too personal. So, you know, um, too many people come out and start asking you for school fees and stuff. (laughs) But people who know you know you've got it. So welcome to the show.
0: How are you doing? Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be invited and to have you host me. You, uh, as you said earlier, you're someone that we, we've known each other for quite some time. And we've hung out. We've eaten oxtail together and all of that. So um, I'm excited to be here. And I am doing fantastic. And thank you for um, again pulling me out of my comfort zone.
1: Yes, you know I love to do it. And let's tell the people, you know, you could talk about so many things, but I I want to start off with my signature question, so I don't have to ask because you're going to tell us about, you know, your um, your nonprofit type work empowering women, and also your for profit work where you're doing business. But I have to know. Your why. So, what is your community give back in your nonprofit? Tell the people what it is all about, where it's at, and how they can get involved.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So, I am an immigrant, I am African, and I've been in this country for about 20 years. And I've worked, you know, in Fortune 500 companies, I've owned several businesses. So, this is uh, this. Platform. This organization, Platform for the Empowerment of African Women, came about because me working in my for-profit organization, working in commodities and working with women, sourcing and, and so forth. So in the midst of sourcing and working with these local women who are in agriculture, one of the many challenges that... I faced and these women faced was the issue of quantity, quality, financing, and access to international markets. So part of that, working with them and seeing that that was a challenge, prompted my partner and I, who's Senegalese, um, Maïmuna Jain, co-founded this organization. So, and when we saw the challenges the women were encountering and having to have them deliver the quantity and the quality we wanted for the international market prompted us to say, you know, this is something we can do where we're helping these women realize their potential and put more money in their pockets, but also to expose the rest of the world that African women are capable of playing on the international market. So that that is the basis of this organization. Now, we have a community of 21,000 small-scale women farmers. And some of them have their own land. Very few have their own land. um, And we have some who are renting land, who actually grow and produce the food for themselves, and we have others that actually buy the harvested products and transform them into chutneys and or, you know, the local cereals cereals that are used um, in in Africa today. So one of the many areas that we're helping these women are financing. As we all know, financing is a huge issue in all industries, but it's a huge one in farming, especially small-scale women farmers, and women in Africa. So because these are women that are in the urban, in the villages, and really some of them don't have any education. And so it's tough to kind of navigate through financing uh, with the formal sector. So that's one area. Financing is something that we're, we're helping them with. We're also helping them with sustainable farming methods, um, helping them training in terms of financial training as well as entrepreneurial training. Because if you, each of these women are business women, because they own, even if it's a quarter of an acre, they own that, they manage that business, right? So we want to make sure that they are better equipped to manage that business for them to have basic business training and educational training. That way, they're able to really see themselves and see improvement within a year or so of being part of our organization. So that's kind of um, one of the many things we do. Because we see women as the um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Women are the decision makers, right? Women are the ones that decide where the money is being spent and how it's being spent. And that's true in every culture, especially in Africa. So one of the things that we want to do with these women is to help them get there sooner, right? Why is that important? Because if a woman has economic independence, it changes the whole household, the whole family and the whole community. A good example is if a woman uh, is able to gain financial independence or has a little bit of, is a little bit comfortable, especially in Africa or emerging markets. I don't like to say third world countries, but emerging markets, what happens is they will tend to keep their girls in school longer. What does that translate to? It translates into not having to pull the girls out of school and get them into um uh early childhood marriage right so and that if a young girl is pulled and they're married of young that continues the cycle of poverty and that's what we're trying to avoid
2: let
1: me ask you though Mm -hmm. because women you know make the decision of many things i mean women you know run the house and um for the the men who say but we are Mm -hmm. the head of it okay that's fine um be the head but if this and this is why picking the right partner is so important if the Mm -hmm. women are running the house deciding you know what needs to be paid while the man is you know many men have to go travel very far um, Mm -hmm. consultants to folks who work in you know oil fields whatnot Mm globally. if they marry young Should not the husband, too, be trained to show what this woman needs? Like, the husband needs to be involved as well because he needs to know what his wife is going to need. And, you know, if we're talking about an African husband, like if you're talking about a Hispanic husband, very machismo,
0: right? Mm
1: -hmm. Very, I I need to understand this so she's not going to become smarter than me. I, I think the greatest thing is if somebody, you got a team of people who are smarter than you because you don't have to work as hard, but how do you get the men involved to get on board? Because let's say someone does get married at 12, 13, 14, they have to learn how to manage just life. So do you work with the families or is it the women alone?
0: Right, so that's a great question because we realize that what has been missing in the empowerment of women is the exclusion of men, right? So we have a program called Jatai Comcom. This is in the Wall of Language. Jatai, Jatai means uh, like a, it's like a fireside chat, right? Where we go into these villages, we talk to the women, but we also talk to the men, right? Because empowerment of women and financial independence of women is not going to be successful without the inclusion of men, right? So how do we get the men involved? When we go to any village, when we sit, we sit with the women, but we sit with the men first to let them know we're here to help the family uh, holistically, not just women. We're not trying to take your women away from you. We're not trying to teach your women how to disrespect you. We're approaching this as a community-based outreach where this is what we're trying to do with your women and we want you to be a part of it. So we do bring them along. And the amazing thing that we found has been, for example, we've been to Kazamas, which is the agricultural region in Senegal. Um, when we went there and we talked to the, women, to the men about what we're trying to do, the chief of the village gave us 10 hectares of land, Mm. right? Because what he saw, he saw value in what we were trying to do. And one of the things that we are trying to advocate for is land ownership for women. So within that conversation, letting the men know you are part of this, you are partners. So we want you to participate and support these women, they were so happy and excited that they gave us that land and say, said, this is the land, the women can, uh, and can farm it, and what, what else do you need from us? So that's the approach we take. We don't ex- exclude the men, because the men have to be involved in order, anywhere in the world, in order for economic empowerment of women inclusion to be successful, even in a Fortune 500 company correct? Because you have to buy in either from a male CEO or you know a male CFO. They have to buy in and participate in order for it to be successful. But I want to go back to a point that you said regarding the 13-year-old. What we're trying to do is avoid having a 13-year-old girl getting married. So one of the things that we're... We're doing in this Jatai Comcom is educating the women and the communities about the value of letting their girls stay in school a little bit longer, getting them educated, and then educating them on the opportunities that are available to, to, to women, to girls. So it's a battle, um, it's a journey, and we're hopeful. And
1: I can hear somebody out there saying, well, you know, that's our culture to marry. This is that that old school, you know, culture. And I'm glad that an African and somebody from the culture is doing it, opposed to the the church. Uh, Mm -hmm. Because when foreigners come in, even if they look like you, and start telling you, you know, we want to stop this because we find this to be primitive behavior, you have no place to to say that. And, you know, we know Africa, youngest population in the world right now, you know, as a continent, and and great things are happening. So how do you go about going back to the village Mm -hmm. and telling people these things? Because, you know, they look at you you're always dressed up nice. Maybe you might, you might, you might, you know, when you're going to a village and it's hot, it's not hot, but it's hot. Um, you might not, you know, be in a, a Chanel suit. But, you know, how do you go back and say and tell people? Because, I mean, to get 10 hectares, you guys, that's 24 acres of land in County. Mm-hmm you know, what do they think of you? Because you too could, you know, you can come in and say, <laughs> yeah. you're, still, you're still considered kind of one, at least who made it was privileged or an outsider. So how do you get the village to understand, like, we don't want all your young girls married?
0: Right. So that's a, that's a great point. So we don't just come in and say, you need to stop child marriage, right? Anything that you're doing, you have to build up trust. Sorry about that. You have to build up trust, right? So you don't just come into a community and say, you need to start this and this and this and this. That's not how it works. So when you, the initial step is building a relationship and trust. And how do you do that? By helping them with economic empowerment, right? Right. By helping them with financing, organizing, right? Once you build that up, then you are able to really let them know that some of these practices are not good for the family in the lo- long run. So you just don't come in and say, hey, you know, you need to stop marrying up your kid. But most families, it's part of culture, but people are being much more aware that if I let my daughter stay in school a little bit longer, it means economic empowerment for that kid, that that child, but also for the family as a whole because nobody wants to live in poverty. And once you point out poverty markers, people tend to sit up and listen. And to your point, yes, I am seen as a foreigner to some extent, right? First, we're operating in Senegal, so I'm Gambian. Gambia and Senegal, as you know, used to be one country, but still, right? Which is, and then I come and, you know, my French is not that good. And, uh, you know, the wall of is a little bit different. And then, you know, I'm speaking a little bit funny okay. and um, it takes a while. But I have to say, as my president um, and the rest of the team are all Senegalese, I have been accepted completely because they see me as a sister because Gambia and Senegal, as I said, is the same. So it's not a really hard transition or hard to be um, accepted because at the end of the day, people want, if I come to you and talk to you about how to help you make your life better, you will listen, especially when I do it with respect and dignity, right? Because these people have, they are the most, poor African people are the most dignified people you will ever see. Mm. I mean, they have dignity. They have pride in who they are, their family, tradition, and culture. So you cannot help it, but treat them with dignity. And I am someone who respects and treats everybody with dignity from the, you know, caretaker to the president. Right. And so, so it's an easy, it's an easy sell for lack of a better word. It wasn't challenging at all. And these women are looking for partnerships to make their lives better. Nobody is looking for a handout, right. Mm -hmm. They want somebody to partner with them and get to the next level.
1: What made you do it in Senegal and not the Gambia?
0: Right. So it's funny, but I have an organization in Gambia called Ask and Be. Um, And initially, that was the idea for us to do it. But my support system, because I do more business in Senegal, it made sense for me to do the platform in Senegal with my partner who's the president there. So it was easier to do it there because of the infrastructure that was already in place, right? But PAF is not just, that's why it's called the platform for the empowerment of African women, right? So our goal is to really do it in both Anglo and Francophone countries, because women in Africa need support, um, families need support, and we want, our goal is to make sure that they are all on an equal playing field. And we are an organization that really try to advocate for women in any space where their voices are not heard. I mean, previously, when we were talking, I mentioned my last trip to Senegal in May. We were there because we were hosting an oil and gas roundtable, right? Right and because the Senegalese government passed a law, a local content law, which stated that 50% of uh, the money that's coming out of the oil and gas industry needs to stay, 50% of it needs to stay, or need, contracts need to go to local, local companies, right? Which is a fantastic uh, uh, law, because as you know, with the oil and gas, it's usually foreign players that come in and kind of really um, take over the whole industry, and local farms are not really doing that much or not getting a piece of the pie. So that so when that law was passed, we decided that this is an area that we need to to, to tackle, right? So we decided to have a conference where you know I went back to Gambia. And I was lucky to meet with the vice president, the sitting vice president, and we had a conversation. And she and five other ministers came to the conference, right? Because Gambia, Senegal, Mauritania, and the rest of the sub-region, really, Western Africa, um, it, the, the economics are the economies are intertwined. So you know, and it's a uh, uh, cross-border informal and both formal economies. So it made sense to host that. And we also wanted to educate women in general that who are really not tuned into the oil and gas industry that you have a place in this, right? You uh, You can play in this, you can participate, and you should be able to take advantage of this So it was a two day event. It was fantastic. We, you know, we had great um, attendance. We had, you know, Mauritania, um, the ministry or the minister of women's affairs in uh, Mauritania came, Guinea came, Gambia, Senegal. So everybody participated in supporting women. And again, men were very, very supportive and they came and participated as well. So to drive that point you made earlier, economic empowerment for women cannot be successful without the partnership collaboration and buy-in uh, from men.
1: And I think that part is very important in a time where we're seeing more and more you know, online people are talking about men and women relationships, many who aren't in relationships giving others advice. Mm -hmm. um, and giving definitions where people are saying, you know, I can tell a woman what to do and she should follow me because I make a certain amount of money or I have a certain position in life, which, you know, really has nothing to do with, uh, if you are talking about marriage, but it's also from the man's point of view, it's almost like men can't say certain things. Um, let the women, you know, take over, let a woman, President, I voted trying to get a woman president just for to see what the difference is, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. um, the rest of the world has, but I think a lot of men, uh, especially those in the majority who've always had power, feel like, oh, if the women come too soon, and you could even have some minority men, you know, I'm gonna say particularly black males who could get scared if, oh, if the women get everything. How? What's the the, the balance? Because maybe I'm making up a problem, but I see so many people having a problem with a certain population getting into power. And to me, it's like it's great, you know. I got a woman CEO um, I-, I made in my company. I still run my company, but I wanted my CEO to be a woman, you know, and women vice president, uh, all that. But yeah, can you talk about the difference in Africa? Because I think a lot of men need to run to Africa because a man can still be a man, whatever that means to you. And here in the West, you know, men have to kind of have like a lip wrist to get some work done and to get a contract. And if you talk about this, you'll be canceled. So can you talk about how men and women are working together?
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's a great point. My, my, I was pleasantly surprised when I decided to do this organi- this nonprofit, because I have to tell you, men in Senegal and Gambia, in Africa as a whole, the minute you sit down with them and say, "I am trying to do this for women," the next thing they say to you is, "How can I participate? What do you need from me right so You know, there's this notion that African men are so backward, they're not supportive, blah, 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 blah. blah. It's all utter nonsense, right? Utter nonsense. So um, I think African men have this special relationship with their mothers, right? Because growing up as an African, the person that you see jumping up and down every day, going in and out every day, taking care of you, is your mother. Your dad goes to work and you might, and most women professional or working in the formal and informal sector do work and do bring home the bacon, so to speak. So African women just don't sit at home and cook lunch. They do do that, but they do other stuff as well, right? So I think that's the difference because African men have been socialized and conditioned to respect women, to see their women, their parents, their mothers getting up every day, making sure everything is taken care of, from needing a pencil to go to work, to go to school, to coming home and having uh, lunch available. So how do we bring in other men from other societies? And of course, I'm generalizing, but my personal experience has been that Senegambian men are fantastic. They say, how can we help? We, they've even adopted that the mantra is he for she, right? So they've adopted that. So um, I think the rest of the world needs to kind of come along in the sense that there has to be education with these men to let them know just because a woman makes more money than you doesn't mean that they're going to belittle you or you're less of a man, right? It's all about education, it's all about confidence, and and I think self-awareness, right? But also wanting economic freedom for everyone because once a woman has economic freedom, the rest of the family does have economic freedom and or independence and it translates into the rest of the community and into the formal sector.
1: And this is I'm just piggybacking off what you said for all the men out there, if you think that you're less of a man because your woman is now getting a job or position, maybe she's making more money than you, maybe she's smarter than you and you're thinking she's going to think I'm less of a man. I'm here to say, um, Diversified Game is here to say, you are less of a man. You are a beta male, if you even think it. <laughs> you don't know your place. Um, and, and you probably don't know your purpose. But that's me saying that, not you. You're too kind to say that. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: but, um, but with that,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: that's that's doing good mm-hmm. for the community. Talk mm-hmm. about your business where it's, you know, about the money because it's still people first and project first, but what is like specialty? If somebody is listening to this and saying, you know, how could I hire you? What would I hire your company for? You have a nonprofit, you have a for-profit. What is like your specialty in business?
0: Yeah, that's so, um, (laughs) I tell people that, you know this, that everything I've done in my life, I've always been a business person, you know this, we've been running around together. So um, someone who wants to learn um, more about Africa, how to invest in Africa, right? What is it you have some money and you want to participate in the African community, which uh, African economy, which is the biggest growing economy in the world, right? So growth is going to happen. It's not going to be stagnant at all. So if you have money and you want to invest in Africa, how you reach out to me and I will help you do that. I will put, in, put you in touch with the right people and so forth. What is it that you're interested in? You wanting to go to Africa, I can set up tours for you. Right. So just education in Africa is one thing that um, you and I uh, are passionate about, and we've worked on that. So that's something that uh, I can definitely help people with that. You know, in terms of sourcing for products from Africa, you know, my company does cashews and so forth, you know, any commodities that is needed in Africa, mangoes, you know, someone that wants to set up a, um, A manufacturing plant. So basically, business consulting on how to do business in Africa, especially the the Senegambia region, um, would be something that I will definitely be able to help with and do it effectively. Um, Yeah. But, um, you know, I I think it's time for people, especially our brothers and sisters, uh, uh, Black American brothers and sisters. To start going to africa and exploring just go on a holiday and see what this amazing continent has to offer
1: well more and more are going and you know it's the reason why on diversifiedgame.com i wrote a course on how to mm-hmm. travel giving some travel tips for the people uh mm-hmm. more and more are going and many i haven't met anybody who's had an awful time i have seen a couple videos people saying some hard times that they've had, but that comes with traveling if you do it enough. Things are gonna happen that, you know, people can't fall, you know, but um, do you have any any plans, you know, in the near future now that you're, you know, uh, empty nester, so to speak, to travel to the continent and say, you know what? I need to be here for the majority of the time and it's America that I'll come visit when i need to
0: it's 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 amazing you said that actually i am uh laying the groundwork on that um so america is going to be you know i will come visit america and come visit my kids and my sisters but um definitely by the end of the year i should probably be spending 6 months at a time continuously in, in, in Africa, because it's something that I, I need to be on the ground. We have a lot of work. We have a lot of training that needs to be done. But also just being in Africa as an African feeds your soul, right? I mean, it's something that kind of reminds you of how lucky you are to be an African and to come home to that continent that feeds your soul, that shows you that you are valued you know, everywhere you go, people acknowledge you. Right. And so, um, I, each time I come home from Africa, I go through this withdrawal syndrome that my family tells me because I am just this in this grumpy mood. I'm not myself and so forth. So yeah, uh, probably by the end of the year, um, I will be there, um, more and more. Because I travel there, as you know, three to four times a year. and But I think I need to be there um, more. We're also working on some investments uh, that came out of this oil and gas uh, um, conference, two-day conference. Um, so I need to be more on the ground for that as well.
1: Awesome, well you guys know if you've listened or the uh those of you who watch that you know I have a gift I try to use my gift for good, so I wasn't in her dms or her emails um I didn't you know go ask you know any um anybody, hey did, did you pay bride price um, <laughs> you know is she, not, is she coming uh, uh, you know for the <laughs> for the good now, but, but can you talk about? the importance of, you know, or the difference of having a nonprofit that's based in Africa versus having it in the States, because there are certain businesses that we've set up that I, I never even talk about. And people say, wait, you said you had a, you said you had this company, yeah, but it's based in this country. And it's based there because I don't want to have to go through the rigmarole that I have to go through in America. Mm -hmm. Uh, And maybe I'm just a part of it. Right. Maybe I don't own it. Maybe I'm just a um, silent partner. Right. Can you talk about the difference? Because that is what's attracting many people to go to Africa is the ease of
0: business. Right. Right. So so the nonprofit, it was easier to set it up in Senegal for a number of reasons, the amount of paperwork that you have to fill out to get a nonprofit, right? But setting it up in Senegal doesn't mean that we can't operate in in the U.S., right? We can get donations, host fundraisers, and so forth. So the amount of paperwork is one thing that you have to fill out, basically the ease. But secondly, if you're working for... African women. You're working for the African community. It makes sense to register it there because it's much more personal, right? You're not an outsider coming in, but also the taxes that you have to pay needs to go back to the, if, you, if there are any taxes with nonprofits, there are no taxes, but as a business, you have to pay taxes wherever you are, right? So as a, as a business, you need to be able to support the infrastructure that you're using in that local country, right? So it makes sense to be doing that. But also, there is a ton of help locally in, um, in countries, for, for example, in Senegal. There's a ton of help, and it's much more personal intimate to say, we are registered here, we're operating here, this is our base, Right? So it didn't make sense to set up the nonprofit here because this is not our base. We're not serving the people of Seattle or America. We're servicing or in service to the West African men and women and the West African community. So, but the ease of business, I mean, now in Senegal, you can log on and get everything you need uh, to register your business in, 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 one, in one day, right? Everything is online. Everything is online. And most African countries are like that as well. So there is a huge benefit to registering your business in the country that you're operating in and to be designated as a local partner. Because as a local partner, you have responsibilities that that you you have to to, to do.
1: Now, I'm going to need you to go just a little deeper because somebody will be listening to this and say, wait so you mean I can get all the donations and claim it in another country and think they can run off into the wind like they did with their PPP loan. Um, <laughs> no. So can you talk about when you do collect that money, are you still mm-hmm. having to report it to the American authorities saying, look, I've gotten this money, I'm transferring, wiring this money, which can yeah. get you on an interpolate if you don't right. do it right, people. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so no, I cannot just collect you know, 500,000 and not claim it. No, because even in Africa, there are strict anti-money laundering laws, right? So for example, if you give me a donation today, um, I am able to give, you can use it as a tax writer here in the US, right? But when I wire money into Senegal or Gambia, I have to show where that money is coming from and what's the use before it's released, right? Just like if I have to send money out of Senegal, I have to jump through hoops to to, to have that happen because of anti-money laundering laws. So no, there are rules, there are laws that we all have to abide by, but if somebody gives out a donation, it is tracked. It is um, within the legal limits of what to donate and how it needs to be reported. So donate to beware. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you, you guys have that, that game alone is, is worth it. And I will have links in the description box mm-hmm. where you guys can check out the organization. If you feel led, especially those of you who say, you know what, I haven't been to church in a while, or those of you who are never giving to a church or a nonprofit or anything like that, um, here's something good that could benefit you, especially if you want to go to West Africa. Maybe you want to go to Senegal and, you know, eat some Chibu Gin and have a great time. Um, This will get you connected. And then when you email it won't be like you're emailing a stranger. You're actually emailing and saying, hey, I'm a donor. I want to connect. I'm going to Senegal. And that's how, you know, you connect with a place when you don't want to just go as a tourist and you want to be impactful. What would you like to leave the people with?
0: Well, I, <laughs> um, I want people to be open-minded and I want people to really think about how can I impact my neighbor, right? How can I make somebody else's, how can I make today better for somebody else? Whether it's someone who's in Senegal or your next door neighbor, right? Because it's important to for us to care about one another, whether you're moving the trash for your old neighbor who cannot go outside and pull up the trash can on the driveway because it's a slopey driveway, or reaching out to an organization like us and saying, hey, I want to volunteer, right? And how can I volunteer? Or I have, you know, every year I have this budget that I want to give to a charity. I am passionate about, you know, children with disabilities. Can you do you have anybody in your organization that I can donate to, right? So those are the things that I wanna leave people with. But also it's important for people to think outside of themselves, right? Think about, I'm repeating myself, but think about how can I impact other people, right? And wake up every morning and live in gratitude because if you're grateful for what you have, you're not going to complain about what you don't have.
1: You guys have been blessed with the game. If you do nothing else, make sure that you share it. It may change somebody's life. Mm
0: -hmm, mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, and I want to encourage my brothers and sisters to take um, every, not just my brothers, my African brothers and sisters, Black Americans, but everybody to be, to think about, if you have a, a, you're going on vacation once a year, your list of Hawaii and, you know, Mexico. Add Africa, West Africa, Southern Africa to that list and reach out to people that can help you make that trip.
2: Are you tired of the violence? Tired of the injustice? police brutality, rampant discrimination, lack of gun control in this failed bias socioeconomic experiment called America, or maybe you need a break from the relentless grind and want to regain control of your destiny, your wealth, your health, and your purpose. Diversifiedgame.com has the right course for you. Prepare for my first trip to Africa. Looking to reconnect with your roots, start a new business, or just a fresh start? Africa, a.k.a. the motherland, is waiting. Don't let the Chinese and the Mazungus have the fun and also take over the motherland. From Cairo to Mombasa, from Dakar to Cape Town, Africa has something for everyone from business opportunities to the most amazing people, safety, leisure, and landscapes. The opportunities abound. It is time for the diaspora to reconnect with their roots, time to reconnect with the birthplace of humanity. Africa is the last frontier. Get your head in the game and reclaim your legacy. The writing is on the wall. Babylon is falling. Give up the stress, grind and violence inflicted on our people on this continent and prepare for a journey of restoration and joy by connecting with the land of your ancestors. Check out our new course and kick off your adventure at diversifiedgame.com